Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 103-100 win over the Philadelphia 76ers in Game 4 in the second round series. The Hawks get a massive second half with massive dunks from John Collins, massive three-pointers from Kevin Herter, Trey Young, and Bogdan Bogdanovich to get a massive win and send this series back to a Philadelphia tie 2-2. Without further ado, let's get into it. Why can't the Hawks get a just nice, calm win at State Farm Arena? No, they have to take a game all the way into the fourth quarter, all the way to under a minute to go to finally get the big win. But the Hawks busted out the MLK jerseys. They busted out that beautiful MLK court and ultimately were able to get a big win at State Farm Arena to tie the series 2-2. And this was another slog fest of a game. At the beginning, it was really frenetic. The Hawks were getting a ton of good looks, but for whatever reason, the looks right at the basket weren't going in. Trey had four assists before you could blink your eyes, and it felt like the Hawks really had the Sixers number, and we're just going to kind of take a big lead and be able to run away with it. But shots by Trey Young himself, John Collins, and Clint Capella all at the bucket were just not going in. And to the credit of the 76ers, they did a nice job of hanging in. Doc Rivers has done a really nice job of calling timeouts quickly if he thinks thinks things are getting out of control. He called a timeout, I think, within the first two minutes of this game starting um, because he just didn't like the way his team was playing, the energy they were playing with, um, and was able to ultimately get a big lead in the end of the first quarter, 28-20. And it it would have been bigger if not for a beautiful block by Aneka Okongwu uh, at the end of the first quarter on uh, Matisse Thibel. And it just was like, it's frustrating seeing... The Hawks get these really good looks, looks that they normally put down, and them just not go in for whatever reason. Trey missed two back-to-back free throws as part of the first quarter. It was just all out of sorts. And after that first quarter, and rightfully so, Doc Rivers was interviewed, and he just said he really liked what the defense did and what his defense turned into offense. Um, And after that first quarter, it felt like it was all 76ers. Again, I wasn't particularly worried because the Hawks were getting good looks, but uh, the the looks weren't going down, and the Hawks weren't really able to cut into this lead that the 76ers built in the first quarter. In the second quarter, the lead would balloon all the way up to 18 points. The Hawks would make a couple of runs to cut into the lead, and a would have a run to close the half, a 7-2 to run to close the second quarter to make the game 49-62 to in the Sixers' favor. So the Hawks were only down 13, but that 13 with the way that this game had been played, the kind of pace it had been played at, felt like a kind of insurmountable lead. Um, To the Hawks' credit, they came out right at the start of the third quarter and went on another 7-2 run that pushed the game to 56-64, make it an eight-point game. It's under uh, double digits, and this was a game on from that point on. Ultimately, the Hawks would have a monster third quarter, outscoring the Philadelphia 76ers 31-20. They had a 10-2 run at the end of the quarter that really helped the Hawks get back into this and leave the third quarter down two points, 80-82. That run coincided with Nate McMillan putting in Danilo Gallinari. And really from that point on, the Hawks had had a real game on their hands. They would start the fourth quarter with a Bogdan Bogdanovich made three, which put the Hawks up one. And from that point on, this game just went back and forth with neither team getting bigger than a six-point lead, and it coming down all the way to the fourth quarter. Now, in that third quarter, I'd like to go back and just talk about John Collins. 
JC didn't have the best first half, but he came out and he was the energy in the third quarter. He had three monster dunks, monster putback dunks. Well, one of them was a uh, just slam right down the lane off of a pass from Trey Young, but the other two were off of uh, off of rebounds and putback dunks, and th- that got everybody in State Farm Arena out of their seats and really had the energy swinging in the Hawks' direction. Um, JC was the on the wrong side of a flagrant foul as he got out ahead of the defense and Ben Simmons had to chase him down and just whacked him as JC was going up for another dunk. And it was a flagrant one. The Hawks made a free throw and then were able to get to the, get the ball, which ended that possession ended with one of those JC dunks. But John Collins was huge in this game. He would ultimately finish with 14 points. He was plus nine in 36 minutes. That was a game high for the Hawks. Um, he six of 15 from the field, one of three on his three pointers. I think when Dwight Howard in particular is guarding JC, he can be more aggressive shooting his three pointers. Um, that is 14 points. He had 12 rebounds, five of them offensive, two of those put back dunks. Um, he had one assist, just three fouls, one steal and one block. You know, if JC is able to play 36 minutes, if he's not getting into foul trouble and he's really getting on the offensive uh, boards, that's all you can ask for John Collins. This, this might have been his best performance in the postseason, especially when Joel Embiid has been so difficult to guard for the Hawks. It was really huge to have John Collins have that monster third quarter and really get the energy going for the Hawks. But like I said, the Hawks took their first lead since halfway in the first quarter, right at the start of the fourth quarter. And from that point on, the teams just were slugging it out. Right after the Hawks got that one-point lead, the 76ers went on a 5-0 run to push the lead to 89-85 in the Sixers' favor. The Hawks would go on a 6-0 run of them, their own to go up 84-94-92. Uh, the Sixers would then go on a 6-0 run where they would take a four-point lead with 2.43 to go. And then from the final 2.43 to 49 seconds, the Hawks would take a 101 to 98 lead uh, with under a minute to go in this game. And um, from that point on, it was just kind of chess and checkers. Uh, The 76ers would come down and hit a shot to get within one, and they would have a nice defensive possession where they would hold the Hawks off the boards and get a chance to take a lead with about 17 seconds to go. They ran a really nice play to get uh, Joel Embiid the ball rolling down the lane. Unfortunately, he rolled it off. He wasn't able to get a lot of lift off the floor. You can tell he would not make any shots after uh, the second half. Uh, No shots from the field, at least. He was 0 of 12. And his final one was this miss where he rolled it over the rim. Ben Simmons tried to get a put back, but knocked the ball out of bounds instead. And the Hawks were able to secure the lead. Trey Young would make a couple more free throws to put the Hawks up 103 to 100. And the 76ers would get a chance to tie the game with the last shot. Shake Milton brought the ball up the court. It felt like Shake Milton was open. Shake again had another pretty good game. He had eight straight points in the fourth quarter to help the 76ers build one of their leads. Um, But he was wide open. Instead, he was really looking for Seth Curry, who had had a wonderful game. But the Hawks did a really nice job of converging on Seth Curry. Kevin Herter was behind him. John Collins was in front of them. Both of them went up to block uh, Seth Curry's shot, which forced Curry to do a little pump fake. He was able to get the shot off, but it... Uh, banged harmlessly off of the back iron, and the Hawks get the big 103-100 to win to tie this series and send it back to Philadelphia, tied 2-2. And now this second-round series becomes a best-of-three to see which team can get two wins before the other one does. Um, both teams made changes to their starting lineups 
The Hawks put Kevin Herter in for Solomon Hill, and the 76ers put Furkan Korkmaz in their starting lineup for Danny Green. Um, the Hawks' starting lineup was very balanced. Everybody in the starting lineup scored at least 10 points, um, with Trey leading the way with 25. And the Hawks were playing so well, even with that 18-point deficit in the second quarter, that uh, Nate McMillan never went back to Solomon Hill. Tony Snell got a few minutes, but uh, Solomon Hill never saw the court in this game. And I thought that had a lot to do with just how much Nate McMillan wanted to play Kevin Herter and Danilo Gallinari, who were both very good in this game. If we go through some of these individual performances, starts with Trey Young for the Hawks. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well, especially at the beginning of the game. He couldn't find his range at all. And when he took his first rest, he put a huge warming pad or ice pack on his shoulder, and it had a lot of people worried, asking what happened to Trey, why he wasn't on the injury report, what did something go wrong. Um, he said after the game he just got hit in the game before, and it was nothing big, and he didn't tell anybody about it because he knew he was going to play. That will be something to watch going forward, but Trey would get much hotter as the game would go on. He finished the game with 25 points, um, 8 of 26 from the field, 3 of 11 on his three-pointers. He was 6 of 8 from the free-throw line, his two misses coming right at the beginning of the game. He had four rebounds, 18 assists. He could have easily had over 20 assists that first quarter. He was getting guys at the ball right at the rim, and they weren't converting, but Trey finishes with 18 assists which ties his career high in playoffs or in the regular season. He also had a steal, just two turnovers, and was plus seven in his 40 minutes. Trey did get another technical foul. He threw up his goggles again, kind of making fun of the officials, saying they can't see what they're calling, and he got an immediate technical. He kind of argued with the official who gave it to him, saying that wasn't anything personal to the official, but the official wasn't buying it and he got a technical in the second period. Bogdan Madanovic really kept the Hawks afloat in that first quarter. He was 9 of 24, 4 of 13 from 3. It's really good to see Bogdan get over 10 three-point attempts. He was super aggressive early in the game, and that continued throughout the game. Um, he's too good of a shooter to let misses bother him, and for him to get 13 three-pointers up was a huge, huge win for the Hawks. The Hawks would ultimately shoot 12 of 40, from the three-point line, that's not a great percentage, just 30%. But I really like the fact that they were able to get 30 three-point shots up. A lot of those are way more open than they should be, and they will start falling for the Hawks. Um, Bogdan also had five rebounds. He did not have any assists, which is really weird, and one turnover. John Collins, we talked about his play. He was huge in the second half. He had a block as well. Um, his 14 points also went with 12 rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block. John Collins was everywhere in that second half, and it was really good to see him really progress and get better as this uh, series has gone on. Clint Capella had a little bit of a bounce-back game. He played 35 minutes, was 6 of 9 for the from the field for 12 points, had 13 rebounds, 3 of those offensive, 1 assist, 2 blocks, and just 3 fouls. Kevin Herter entered the starting lineup. He played 36 minutes, had 10 points, 4 assists, I mean 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 4 fouls. Danilo Gallinari scored seven off the bench. He made one three-pointer, had four free throws. He had six rebounds, one assist, and it was plus eight in 23 minutes. Now, the Hawks' bench was outscored by the 76ers' bench, 25-20, to 20, but I thought the Hawks got really strong performances from both Gallinari 
and Lou Williams. And I also thought the rookie, Aneka Kongu, had a really nice minutes. I thought the Hawks did a really good job of balancing whenever Dwight Howard was in, that that Aneka Kongu was getting some time guarding him. And Okongwu just brings a lot of energy. He had two just monster blocks again. I would say go back and look at that block he had on Matisse Thibel. It was beautiful right at the end of the quarter. And um, other than that, he chipped in with four points, three rebounds, two blocks, and just six minutes of play. That's about all you can ask for for a rookie. Lou Williams was two of five, one of two on his three-pointers, four of four on his free throws for nine points. Again, both Lou Williams and Gallinari are able to draw fouls, which is huge. The free throws were very balanced in this game. The Hawks were 17 of 21 from the free throw line, while the Philadelphia 76ers were 15 of 21. The Hawks, I thought, did a nice job of not really getting into battles with the officials or the 76ers and instead just playing basketball when it was apparent that Joel Embiid, who's not 100%, was trying to draw some fouls and just wasn't getting any calls. And he was ending up on the floor more for trying to draw fouls than um, if he had just tried to play straight up. Tony Snell played a few minutes. I actually really enjoyed Tony Snell's um, runs. He had three shots. He missed all three, but they were all three three-pointers. If Tony Snell is going to come in and be aggressive from the three-point line, that is the Tony Snell that we want to see. On the Sixers side of things, they got another good game from Tobias Harris. He had 20 points, five rebounds, two assists, and a block. Joel Embiid really faded in this game. Had 17 points just on four of 20 shooting. He was 0 of 12 shooting in the second half. Um, he had 21 rebounds, 4 assists after having an 8 assist game the game before, and 4 turnovers. He just did not look like himself. He said after the game he didn't have the same lift as he normally does, and it just wasn't a normal Joel experience. I'll give him a lot of credit for him still being able to play really good defense and get those 20 boards, but he was just not as effective on the offensive side of the ball. Seth Curry continues to be a thorn in the side of the Hawks. He got hot early, and the Hawks really didn't have an answer for him. He was had 17 points on 7 of 10 shooting. He was 3 of 6 from the 3-point line, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. He had one block. It felt like everyone on the 76ers starting lineup had at least one block. Um, ben Simmons had 11 points on 5 of 10 shooting. Twelve. Uh, tw he had 12 rebounds, 3 of them offensive, and 9 assists. Finally, Korkmaz came in, and he kind of had a tough, tough go of it that was highlighted most when he tried to go for a loose ball. Kevin Herter was able to pick it up, throw it ahead to Trey Young. Trey Young flung it back to Red Velvet, who drained a three. That was a another big moment for the Hawks as they were able to get back into the game. But Korkmaz ended the game with 10 points, two rebounds, one assist, and two blocks. Off the bench, you know Shake Milton's going to come in, and the 76ers tried to get him going. He had eight straight points in the fourth quarter and looked like he was going to be able to lift the 76ers again out of trouble. Um, the Hawks eventually were able to lock uh, Shake Milton up, where he was just got those eight points and three assists. And then finally, Matisse Thibel just had five points. The Hawks were letting him shoot three-pointers. He was two of seven from the field, one of five on his three-pointers. He did have two steals. Um, but just really good performances from the Hawks and a really good win. The Hawks team showed a lot of gumption getting back into this game. Being down 18 and already down 2-1 in a series, it would have been easy for the Hawks to throw this one away. I will say the crowd at State Farm Arena did a lot of work. Um, they were ready to explode at every time the Hawks had something positive happen, whether it be a JC throwdown, a Trey Young three-pointer, 
or any defensive stop. So I think they had a big part of getting this team back into it. But the Hawks deserve a lot of credit. They locked down on defense in the second half, and they did a much better job of getting into their offense. One big difference in this game versus the first three is how many shots the Hawks got up. The Hawks only shot 36% from the field, but they got up 101 shots. In the previous three games in this series, the Hawks hadn't shot more than 86 shots in, in any of those games. So despite shooting such a poor percentage, the Hawks actually hit as many shots as they had in those previous games. And the way the Hawks were able to do this while limiting the number of attempts that the 76ers had was not turning the ball over. The Hawks only had four turnovers. And by really just getting a lot of their second shot opportunities as well, the Hawks had 49 rebounds, but they had 12 off offensive rebounds. So they were able to get lots of second chance points up. They outscored the Sixers in the paint, 40-34, to 34, which is huge, and also kind of highlights how hurt that Joel Embiid is. If you have a normal Joel Embiid, the 76ers are going to have a lot more points in the paint. And then second chance points, the Hawks outscored the 76ers 21-9, to nine, just a huge number. And if the Hawks are able to do that, they will be able to um, go up to Philadelphia and get a win. But it was a really nice job, and I thought Nate McMillan made a couple of really big shifts that helped the Hawks get this win including putting Kevin Herter in the starting lineup and also really imploring his guys to be aggressive shooting the ball. Shoot the early three-pointer. In transition, go up and take the three-pointer. And I thought the Hawks did a nice job executing. And again, um, they were able to come back from that 13-point deficit at halftime, kind of erase it in that third quarter by itself, and then get a big win to close out uh, the first two games at State Farm Arena. But they go up to Philadelphia for a very pivotal Game 5. The Hawks have already won in Philadelphia one time in this series, so they, they certainly are able to do it. It'll be much tougher. I wonder how much Joel Embiid is going to play. It seems as this series goes on, he gets more and more worn down. He's definitely putting his heart out there trying to get, get wins, and he's trying to draw fouls and do anything he can. But he, he just, as he said after the game, he does not have the same lift as he normally does in the Hawks are able to attack that. So it's going to be a big game for both teams. There's a lot of pressure on both the Hawks and the 76ers to get a win on Wednesday night. And the Kettlecast will be here to go over that game after that. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.